September 4th, 2019. This is your coverage of the CNN Climate Town Hall. But we're only covering Andrew Yang because we're Yang Gang. Jenner? You guys know who I am. Yeah, you Hello. should. Hi, Josh. You should. Hello. You're back. I'm back. Uh, I was going to do this in the other one, but, uh, you know, like, uh, what, 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 where you been? Online, little fuck up? Acting like you didn't have your cell phone on you? <laughs> um, working. Rashida. <laughs> Rashida. Uh, do you know that song? Uh... <laughs> Stoned me as saying yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll play it afterwards. So we are okay. We got lots of shit to cover here. So uh, let's kick it off and get through some notes. Notes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's what we're not doing housekeeping. We're doing notes, and I think it's cute. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a bunch of people have either dropped out or didn't qualify for the next debates. It is down to 10. There are still a couple people that are still running, I guess. We're not going to pay any attention to them. The lineup for September 12th, we have Biden, Bernie, Warren, Harris, Buttigieg, Andrew Uh, Booker, Beto, Castro, and Klobuchar. So we will be covering that. Tune in uh, if you have an idea for what to call that. Tag us on Twitter at Mindwave Podcast and let us know uh, what you think we should call it. We did uh, the first one was Motor City Showdown because it was in Detroit. Um, but yeah, let's come up with a fun name for it. Uh, news. Joe Biden is in a nosedive. Warren apparently thinks automation is not a thing. Bernie attacked UBI and kept pushing the stupid jobs guarantee that ignores tens of millions of Americans. And uh, a bunch of Bernie bros are switching to the Yang Gang. Boom. Yeah, I'm like, there's there's support coming from the left. There's support coming from the right. He's just kind of getting everybody in on it. And yeah, these other candidates cool. seem to be shooting themselves in the foot a little bit. So I, I would have said shoot themselves in the dick, but. Uh, <laughs> sure. We have to earn that E for explicit rating. <laughs> uh, where are we at? Where are we at? Okay. Uh, Yang Gang endorsements. New members of the Yang Gang are people that uh, have been in for a little bit, but we didn't talk about. Whoopi Goldberg is talking about him like every day now. Good. Yeah. Good. Uh, Elon Musk is on board. Apparently, they're going to sit down soon. Oh. Musk and Yang. I believe there was some uh, whispers about that. Tommy Chong. Oh, yeah. Is Yang Gang now. I saw the tweet. I thought it was great. Yeah. No, it's a trip. Uh, John Bernie's Cusack. Bernie's people were like, oh, yeah, that's not our image. Like, mm, okay. <laughs> and and Yang's like, Yang's like, smoke weed every day. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, pretty man. much just killed out on the stoner crowd there. They were like, nope, no, no more Bernie bros. 
Uh, yeah, Jack Dorsey, who who's uh, the Twitter guy. He owns Twitter, or whatever, and a bunch of basketball people. I don't, I don't do sporty ball, so I don't I don't understand who any of those people were. But apparently, it was a big deal. Um, moving on, campaign is really heating up, and this is like the weird thing because like a bunch of people are like surprised, like it's all oh, it's like out of nowhere, and I'm sitting here like I was there, I was there in the deepest like darkest part of the ocean when this earthquake hit and I could feel it and I could see what was going to happen and it has just made a fucking tidal wave. It's starting to crest. It's about to hit this fucking country and I can't wait. It's amazing. He's going to go to number one spot like really, really really, really fast. It's really, really exciting. Uh, yeah, I totally saw it coming like uh, from from the beginning. I was uh, 10 minutes into listening to it. I'm like, yeah. And, and just, like, looking at his popularity over time, I made the comparison the other day to, like, annual CO2 emissions, like, global CO2 emissions. If you ever look at that thing for, like, the past 100 million years or whatever, it's just, like, really, really slow, and then, like, skyrockets. <laughs> so I made a note about that for uh, whatever reason. Um, I have here that I'm irritated that uh, more of the media or media-type personalities aren't really taking him seriously yet still. Uh, there are a bunch of lazy pundits out there who are still kind of like shitting on him as a joke candidate. Uh, and it's it's irritating, but it's also disappointing because uh, I've mentioned before I'm a, I'm a fan of Pod Save America, and they, they've only even been able to utter the nam, man's name like okay, two like, or three times. Okay, but are you familiar with the term eating crow? Because that's what they're going to be doing when he gets elected. I have um, that here. I, I feel <laughs> bad for them because they, they have no idea what's going to hit. They've just been joking about him. Um, in, in the last one, the only, they talk about top people for like, it's all about them. It was kind of like that, that first debate. Selective media bias. It's a thing. Look it up. With, uh, when Andrew was asked about climate, he had made the comment that like, we need to move to higher ground. And their, their whole thing was like, well, uh, Yang's climate policy is just, uh, move to the mountains because we're fucked. Don't do anything about climate change. And I was like, what? That is not as fucking position at all he was saying it's worse like than y'all think and we need to deal we need to address that he re- he looks at it coastline from a issue. point yeah. of view as opposed to just kind of like instead of just oh, being like well, oh we well. can work on this as time goes on like, we no, no <laughs> we have we cities below now. sea level that's a major y- you can't change the sea level okay you got to move the city <laughs> uh anyway it is disappointing i still listen to pod save america but it, it was uh it has been frustrating to listen to especially because they're like this is what we need in a candidate this and i'm like you are describing andrew yang like anytime they talk about like the the one who can beat him the oh and i'm like you are talking about andrew yang right now you're talking about like his campaign's values and you won't even say the guy's name so frustrating um that i'm not really going to comment on that media blackout thing because i, I don't want to i don't know enough i haven't dug deep enough into that and I don't want to make too many assumptions I'm not like a conspiracy thinker but there is chatter that like people are deliberately you know keeping them you know deliberately keeping them out of uh, you know reported polling data and cutting his name off and that kind of thing but I mean this went back to like even the first one like his mic apparently getting cut off so there's a lot of conspiracy theories surrounding that so I'm not I'm not really gonna touch it but uh, anyway, that is all I had for notes. We are uh, 
going to watch the town hall. We haven't watched it yet. We wanted to kind of do a real-time reaction, so this was updates, notes, and such. We're going to watch that shit. We'll be right back and do a post-mortem on it. And then, a little later on, we're going to be talking to Phil about uh, Thorium. That sounds fun. Any any thoughts before we get a break, Mr. Josh? No, I'm kind of excited because I've been reading about Thorium reactors, and I'm kind of like stoked to hear like what that's all about. Yeah. Um, but more exciting is this uh, this town hall we're about to have because this is an yeah. issue that's been bugging me specifically for a while because it just seems like everybody's kind of lackadaisical in their approach. And I'm like, no, like we need to do something. So yeah, we're only uh, watching Andrew's part. Candidates have to say. I mean, we're <laughs> I, I'm, I'm only watching Andrew. I don't know, but I'm, I'm watching that to comment on that. I'm not sitting there and listening to everybody because I, I, I this is like about Andrew. See what, I would like to see what the other candidates have to say. But well, we afterwards, later, we can go back and listen to the, some of that, and then we can cover that in the uh, the next debate thing. That'll be like a topper for sure. Updater thing, so we can we can say, oh, actually, so and so had a good uh, a good policy or whatever. If there was some other, because not it's not a debate format. It's just basically like people in the audience asking questions and stuff. And apparently, Andrew killed it. Because um, this well, was a couple yeah, hours Yeah, no, I'm ago, already seeing we're... headlines and stuff about yeah. it on Facebook and stuff. So, I'm, I mean, if it's already hitting my news feed how well he did, then... Oh, yeah, it was, like, within I'm, I'm I'm refusing to turn my phone on until I'm done watching this <laughs> because I don't... I, it's like uh, movie spoilers. I can't. Yeah. So, uh, with that, let's head to break and watch this shit, and then we'll come back and talk about it. All right. And we are back. Well, that was uh, thanks, Beefy. That was good. Uh, forward slash, interesting. I yeah. I was not thrilled with his comments on agriculture because we are a very pro agriculture podcast. Uh, I I feel like a, as a math guy, I I kind of need to see his numbers because last time I checked, well over ninety percent of our farms are small family farms uh so i i i would need to look into that more and then what his policy is there because that at that raised an eyebrow for sure uh uh for me personally anyway uh but overall i think he did really well i think he he made a good case um yeah josh thoughts um I don't know. Like, I'm kind of with you. I'm with you on the agriculture bit because his comment on, you know, small farms are kind of diminishing. I, I he, he kind of started to sound like Bernie for a second. For a little bit, uh, yeah. Where I mean, I, you know, I almost half expected him to say Monsanto and I was like, oh, the whole time I'm going, oh. I Andrew, mean, I totally no. get it. I mean, as it stands, like, I totally agree. Like, yes, small it's, farms uh, are. It's okay, though. Suffering. We still love him. You know, I, I, don't, I don't really like his. Uh, it's not that I don't like it, but his position and circumcision is also kind of like, oh man, like why you got to do that, man? Yeah, why you got to play me like that, bro? Uh, anyway, uh, surprise, surprise! On the line we have returning all-star guest Phil Ord. Welcome, Phil. What's up? Howdy, howdy, ho! We just uh, got done watching this climate crisis thing and my dog is being a total asshole total asshole oh, incorrigible <laughs> um 
We'll it's fix okay. It you post. can just you could just use some chloroform. <laughs> we'll fix it in oh, post, man. You want some Benadryl, baby? No, I'm just. I'm, just I'm very much kidding. I'm not. I'm. I do not. Yeah, tranquilize my dogs. Although he drives me. It absolutely sure is sounding insane. awful. Fucking tempting. <laughs> <laughs> he drives me crazy. But you are the president of Americans for Nuclear Energy, and he talked about. Uh, embracing nuclear power as being on the table and he talked about thorium so i was like well we need a nuclear guy to come on to talk about thorium and uh explain what it is and maybe explain his idea better or give your thoughts uh on uh, tonight's events maybe yeah so well i'm just gonna def- Thorium. So Thorium has a really interesting kind of following on the internet. I uh, belong to one called Thorium Energy Alliance, and I've been to two of their conferences. Uh, um, But the idea is it's just a different type of fuel you can use for nuclear reactors. And I'm glad he's talking about it because it actually makes people kind of light up more than scary uranium, you know? Right. Scary plutonium. Shit like this Chernobyl thing did not help. Right. uh, You know, the whole nuclear scare thing. I have a bit of a question on that. Um, Question being, you said that thorium is an alternative fuel for nuclear reactors. Would using thorium as a fuel require us to revamp our current existing reactors that we already have, or would it require us to build new ones? Um, I think, you know, you can use it in today's reactors. Um, the first reactor we built called Shipping Port uh, in the United States was actually, someone was telling me it was what they call a a mixed fuel reactor. So it actually had some thorium uh, and uranium in fuel mm. rods. So, um uh, the thing about thorium is it's not the actual fuel. So there's two. Th- when you really talk about nuclear uh, radioactive isotopes, there are some fertile ele- fertile elements and isotopes and fissile uh, elements and isotopes. Uh, thorium is not fissile. It's fertile, meaning it can absorb a neutron and transmute into uranium, uh, uranium-233. Uh, right now we use two uranium two thirty five, which is what we purify out of the ore, which is mostly uranium two thirty eight. So it's just another uh, potential source of fissile uranium. But you have to, uh, you have to, what they call breed it. Uh, I think that's what they call it. Uh, you, it's like there are things these things called breeder reactors that can make certain isotopes and stuff. Uh, but basically, uh, yeah, you, I think you, you can mix it with uranium, but you, you need to somehow bombard it with neutrons first to turn it into, you have to bombard the thorium first into uranium. That's, uh, I think that's how I I understand it. Interesting. Um, but it would work well in uh, like a molten salt reactor Mm. where you can, uh, basically, feed your uh, thorium into like this like 
molten salt mixture, and it then will absorb its neutrons and will turn into uranium-233. And then it's really cool because the the salt mixture is it's like kind of like a it's like a lava kind of, and right, right. it uh it self regulates by temperature. As in, if it gets hot enough, the uh, atoms get further and further apart, uh, and they start not uh, continuing a fission reaction. So, uh, but the there's an experiment that was done in Oak Ridge National Laboratory called uh, the th- like the thorium molten salt reactor for it was like an airplane experiment they're trying to make a nuclear reactor on an airplane and you can't really do that they've uh, they figured out but it was they've it's yeah. it's been shown to produce energy huh. so interesting interesting you were talking when you were talking about the different um isotopes of uranium it's isn't um 238 the one that they use in rtgs on spacecraft uh that is plutonium is that plutonium plutonium 238 238 and plutonium 239 i should have known that bad space nerd bad space nerd it's all right and i heard heard 238 and i was like oh it's probably that right and then 239 that's your weapon stuff. So you want, oh. you can make weapons out of uh, uranium 233, uranium 235, and plutonium 239. Uh, those you can, you know, induce a fission reaction if you crush it uh, with explosives, basically. Uh, oh. I'm probably on a watch list. (laughs) I was just going to say, are we at liberty to disclose? Is this like something people can read on Wikipedia or are we on a watch list now? (laughs) Uh, It's on Wikipedia for sure. Uh, Yeah. But Uh, but people are like, but uh, but there are some, like, uh, I think he said it's not, uh, uh, if you heard him, he said, uh, Yang said, it's not radioactive like other isotopes no it's a radioactive isotope what, what, it's a radioactive I, element i i it, <laughs> yeah i was uh like wait what it's uh you're talking about reactor fuel that's non-radioactive uh, yeah but I, but people people freak out like <laughs> oh uranium it's reactive the ore from the ground has a half-life of like two billion years or whatever and they're just like oh now, that's gonna be radioactive for the, so long but it's it's it, it, because of such a long radioactive half-life it's not very radioactive. And now, he, is he correct in saying that it is safer for use than something like, say, uranium-235? Not really. Okay, so um, that's, that's it, a bit it, of a stretch then? It, it's not It's not safer in that you're still using uh, fissile... You're still using fissile isotopes at the end of the day to run your reactor. Right. But that being said, nuclear is still actually the safest thing we have. If you look at the the right. actual numbers when it comes to like people who die from shit, like nuclear is the safest. You know, you, you got to think about what it takes to build those windmills and service them and climb up there. And yeah, people die all the time and they explode. And, and it's, well, <laughs> people yeah. don't really think about that, but it, a lot more people die in uh, solar and wind than in nuclear, and, and that's and not help. something a whole lot of people know. But a lot of it's actually from mining. Uh, mining the materials to make these things. Uh, mm. uranium, uh, the mining required for 
uh, a nuclear power plant is extremely minimal. Um, well, I mean, it, you you have to mine iron ore for the steel and the limestone for the concrete, but that's that's it. But that's all like doesn't really require human a lot of human work, and it doesn't leave a lot of byproducts. Uh, when you when you mine the neodymium for the uh, magnets in the wind turbines uh that's a rare earth mineral and metal and you have to really rape the earth for it It basically that's you know anything you do for energy and people don't get this anything you do for energy you're gonna being pull you're gonna be pulling shit out of the ground but but the but i mean like these are some things i mean i don't blame the guy he's probably just like read some thorium things from a you know average science website or mm. or uh seen some of the videos that people don't quite like catch all the information when they see it um but what's good about thorium is that thorium is four times more abundant in the earth's crust than uranium but uranium's already super um prevalent like as much as tin uh right it should say but, where it's, it's but what's good about active. thorium is it's all the same isotope uh what you what naturally occurs and that isotope can be is all fertile so i don't know what isotope number it is but it's it, if that makes sense so it's like um you don't have to uh, what's it called? Not purify. You don't have to enrich it, is what I'm saying. Oh right, right. So see, and then, I'm like the way I see nuclear is is it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a far it's a far better alternative than using fossils for long term. Let's say the next hundred to hundred and fifty years, if we need to, until we find a more permanent solution or like energy storage solution that will work with solar and wind. Because a big problem is that, you know, storing energy for wind usage is very hard to do because battery technology as it stands is very limited. Mm. So using, you know, wind turbines in super windy areas is all fine and dandy. But when the wind stops, you know, there's only so much we can do for energy storage. And yeah. the same goes for the, solar. The intermittency problem. We discussed that. Uh, right. Well, believe, nuclear would solve Mr. that Phil without raping yeah. the earth so much <laughs> as, you know, coil and, or coil, coal and oil drilling currently does. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand that sentiment. And Andrew Yang actually talks about, oh, uh, it's a bridge until we can perfect renewables. But honest to God, and I, I'm biased, though, is once we conquer the strong forces of the atom and are able to make it our bitch there's no going back oh of course not yeah. i mean it's, it's like... like the gradual progression of our energy like we used to rely on nature before we decided okay let's start burning wood and then from wood we went to coal coal gave rise to industrialized society as we know it uh energy was the secret ingredient and after we go to coal then the next step is gas because it has more hydrogen per carbon molecule. Um, you know, it's four hydrogens per one carbon, you know, with methane instead of a chain, which only has two hydrogens per carbon. 
uh, and four hydrogens per uh, three hydrogens per carbon on the very ends of it. Um, and then after that, your next step is uranium. And the next step after that is fusion. And after fusion, you're probably gonna we're probably gonna fuck with antimatter. You know what I mean? Yeah, some, you, some crazy you're going shit. well into theoretical physics at that point. I right. once we once we hit fusion, it's game over for virtually everything else overnight. I mean, it, it's it's kind of like horses. You know, like you see somebody with the horse, and you're like, oh, isn't that cute? <laughs> when like every, that would used to be the thing. It's just like. We'll see right, somebody yeah, with a solar yeah. panel or a wind turbine, and it's like, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's it, it's. I don't know. I think it makes wind and solar just look kind of like a distraction, but I, I'm not going to ruin someone's day. I just want to compete fairly in a marketplace, which is why Andrew I mean, Yang's the look, best. We yeah, look yeah, through yeah. history and we see that you know our our way of gathering energy has you know just gradually progressed from combustion to steam to you know passing electrons that's electricity like you know as we learn to master the atom you know we gradually over time get better and nuclear is currently the most advanced that we have just based on that front so i don't know i think it's the future at least for now yeah, yeah try a powering star trek ships with uh with with some solar panels <laughs> right yeah no it's never gonna happen uh... Gosh. But, but yeah, but be Andrew, like fusion reactors, I'm sure. Yeah, but I, I think Andrew actually did a pretty, pretty, pretty good job. I mean, I I'm glad the dude brought up nuclear because I don't think oh totally. he would have talked about it. I was just like, oh, thank God. So, uh, but uh, Warren completely shit the bed on it. Oh, did she? Yeah, I thought she'd be good with it or say, oh, it needs to be part of the solution, but she went whole. She went straight up Bernie Sanders on that. Oof, not yeah, we good. Need to get rid of nuclear. Nah. Not good. It's 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 like you care about the earth. Yeah, caring about the earth, good. You want to destroy twenty percent of our energy infrastructure for intermittent renewables that aren't reliable and only make up a tiny fraction of what we're actually doing, which will only increase demand for fossil fuels. Yeah, let's not. Your try plan to replace, makes no sense. <laughs> let's not try to replace gas and coal. Let's replace the already existing carbon-free electricity we have with uh, shittier versions of it. When, yeah, I don't know. It's it's all very interesting, but uh, yeah, he yeah. made a lot of other good points. He brought up uh, carbon tax and dividend. They should always call it fee and dividend to get the people that hate taxes like myself on board yes but, yes. Uh, but did you know, he mention you the dividend I, d I didn't remember hearing him explicitly mention a carbon dividend i remember they he... they discussed a carbon tax but i don't think yeah. they discussed any oh, did kind he of not say dividend. dividend maybe that was someone no else. not that i saw he was um i know he is for a carbon fee and dividend it's listed yeah, yeah, on yeah. his website but right Right. I don't I mean, think that, that was discussed. They just discussed it as like yeah. a general carbon tax. They didn't really say what that would go towards. Um, he right. did. Ha he did kind of mention and touch on like, um, you know, this would basically internalize the problems. Right. Of, that's what he you know, said. like basically making the the polluters accountable for their pollutants, and right. it would internalize that cost. Is essentially what he said. I'm paraphrasing. Um, right. But I, I, I just remember that because I made a specific note about it because I thought it was interesting. Um, but I know his website does for sure say that he is for a div, uh, fee and dividend system. So 
what exactly, I guess, for those who don't really know what that means, what does that mean for us, a fee and dividend? So a fee and dividend, uh, an example could be the oil dividend in Alaska is where they each get a, a piece of the tax revenue from the oil companies. So, but that was so just essentially get, what Alaska is doing then where yes, with the, but, uh, with the but, oil, but this one, the way they, you get the revenue is not just a flat tax on the oil. It's an increasing tax on your carbon, uh, per, uh, ton of extra, of, uh, material you extract at the extraction point. So the people that pay for it are the companies that extract the stuff. And, um, but that would eventually, that price would eventually trickle down to the consumer. But the idea is with a dividend, everyone else gets a piece of that to help them pay for the increased energy costs while the energy sector plans on moving away from carbon emitting sources like wind, solar, nuclear, hydro, geothermal. So basically just financially incentivizing people to, or I should say companies to do better about, you know, researching and funding renewables as opposed to continuing to rely on fossils and And also making up the difference for, you know, consumers as well. So they don't have to eat the cost out of pocket. Right. Cause we know because this is not from a consumer standpoint, you know, this is not a problem that we created. It shouldn't be a problem that we directly have to pay for. It should go back on the companies that did this because, you know, he had mentioned like, you know, it's not, us not using plastic straws as individuals is not going to make an impact. Us, you know, right. choosing paper over plastic is not going to make that much of a difference. It's about it's incentivizing collective- good behavior. And, and he, I, I like that point that he made about incentives. It's like w- so much of what we have right now, the incentives are set up so wrong. It's just ripe for exploitation. And if you're playing by the rules as we set them, it's not even really exploitation, is it? And, and I, that's why he says Amazon's not a bad guy for paying zero in taxes, that they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. It's the system that we set up that allows them to pay zero dollars in taxes. That's the problem. And it's see, I'm looking at I'm fault. looking at a point where, you know, we have a system now where, you know, we set carte blanche rules of oh you as an energy energy company can now not do this anymore. And what they do is they say, fuck you, try to find a workaround. They find a workaround and then they do that and find every little loophole, every little fine print that they can do to work around it. You know, like I was just watching a thing on, you know, how like cruise ship companies and stuff, they have ships registered in Panama because it's cheaper and the regulations aren't so strict and they don't have to report crimes to the FBI. Like, you know, there's all sorts of loopholes that companies and hoops that companies will jump through in order to get a cheaper deal. And incentivizing to just do the right thing yeah. is a better approach than just setting a carte blanche rule for them to follow that they're just going to find a workaround for it anyway. Make and, it worth their while to do the right thing. And and here's the thing about the energy sector. They're evil in a specific type of way. I'm sorry, not the energy sector, the fossil fuel corporations, <laughs> because it's a commodity race and it's literally cheapest wins. So uh, if you actually look at like all the, you know, costs of extraction and uh, refining for fossil fuel, their margin for error and margin for profits is extremely thin. Uh, 
simply because it's it's a game of who can do it cheapest and uh in order to protect their you know their profit margins that are comparatively actually not super intense uh because of all those other sunken costs they have they they just need to try to find a cheaper deal but at some point we're gonna have to pay for that eventually that not only makes the company's value very like untrustworthy it it does it puts it puts the employees at risk as well because having super thin profit margins like that you know a lot of these people they used to be unionized they used to be you know have pensions and stuff and now it's down to a point where you know you're working these jobs for not that much more money than it costs to live and you know like no benefits nowadays so it it comes back on the employees in a lot of ways that you know if if you're in a company that's growing you know if you work for a solar company that's ever growing you as an employee if the company is run ethically is going or you know you are personally going to see you know benefits and reimbursements and stuff and you're going to see benefits coming to you from that but companies that are barely struggling to survive that are you know just raking in profits from these subsidies in, and in shit. dying industries you know yeah, it's like it's not good for industry. the employees they, they they see their own obsolescence they've seen it coming for decades well and, solar uh, is know. complete solar is completely propped up by the government they receive the lion's share of subsidy per kilowatt hour so don't like uh, it's it's easy to be like oh they're they're different they're making money they actually aren't. They're not making money at all. Um, but see, that's it, the thing is I would much rather see solar being subsidized because that is something that our federal government should be investing in. I would like to see them stop investing in you know fossils because it's, a, like he said, a dying industry. Why are we pouring billions of dollars into this if we know that it's not the way to go? Well, my view on that is we have to be fair, though, because I'm not going to say, oh, subsidies for ye and not for me or for the or however that saying goes uh for for me and not for thee uh because what we need is we need just an incentive of oh you we need to start charging up for the pollutant that's that's the right regulatory mechanism and if i had my way i would and say oh you know i believe in the technology of nuclear that i can compete more than solar but in order to actually see that for real we would have to get rid of all energy subsidies and just implement a carbon tax at least that's how i see it and i think that's how um we can win more of the libertarian-minded people who don't want to pick winners and losers yeah for sure and this is uh sorry my dogs are going nuts uh this is these are those moments where where yang is truly truly a capitalist you know because he's like i he's you're not gonna man you can't mandate behavior you know, the best thing that you can do is to place the right incentives to move the needle. You, the that's, needle will move true. itself. You just have to, you just have to place the right, you know, we're incentivizing bad behavior, bad behavior and exploitation. We're allowing this stuff to go on. And this goes across the whole, the whole spectrum, the whole, you know, every, literally everything. We're incentivizing all the wrong ideas and it just, it's going to take young people who actually think about this shit. Yeah, and, I, and I like what Yang Yang's, to, yeah. I like what he said about electric cars. He was just like, "Oh yeah, make, like, make it so everyone has an electric car." Right? So I'd be like, "I'm not going to make it so people are going to want to do it because they're really awesome." You know, of course. And, and and that was cool too. But man, someone needs to talk to him about this other technology, uh, for like synthetic fuel. Man, like we could continue driving our vehicles 
as much as we want and have carbon free, like uh, carbon neutral fuel that we like pour into it. Uh, you basically just make it from the air, from carbon dioxide in the air. You just reverse the combustion mm -hmm. reaction. And you can, you know, they're working on processes as we speak. The Navy's been looking into that because they want to find a way to fuel their aircraft carrier, aircraft carriers or fuel their airplanes in the middle of the ocean so they don't have to have a, you know, a tanker come in and refill the thing because that's, that's sketchy and you're, you know, you can get attacked easier that way and stuff. Uh, but the yeah. idea is to reverse your, your, you know, your combustion like we can already there's always there's already talk of using renewables to make like hydrogen well this is just an extra step from that um where you know we because people have this idea that we're going to all switch to electric vehicles well how are we going to manufacture all of those manufacturing that's very energy intensive not everyone's mm -hmm. going to switch to electric vehicles even this century i don't think so uh we have to find a way to bridge the gap and uh, man, I just, uh, I really want to just sit down with the guy, man, and be like, look, we can, we can do, we can have our same quality of life without really making that much of a change. We just need to switch how we make our power. That's it. That's all we yeah. have to do. Um, and we just need to find the best way to do that, do that the cheapest. And I'm telling you right now, if nuclear is not a major part of that, there's, I just don't see a way it can happen. Yeah. He he missed a couple uh, crucial opportunities for me uh, this evening, and it was when they were talking about agriculture uh, when the, from the audience question, um, because he had two great opportunities to bring up the potential for biotechnology right. to improve our agriculture. I think he should have been very explicit about agricultural biotechnology mm -hmm. and gene editing and the potential yes. to radically transform our agriculture that way if we stop fearing it for no reason like people mm -hmm. do with nuclear power okay when you actually look at the the math of what's going on inside the genes with different breeding methods it makes absolutely no sense to fear the most precise thing we've ever done so there was that and then the whole uh you know animal part of it of reducing meat I mean, in a, if, if for me, like I think the true capitalist libertarian answer that embraces like science and technology would be like, well, it, you know, we also need to invest in cellular agriculture. We need lab grown meat because we can do that now. It's, and amazing. I mean, they're already doing cheaper. it in Japan and stuff. So, I mean, they're already so, working yeah. on projects like that where they're just using, you know, not, I wouldn't say stem cells. Those are huge. No, it's they're it's, making it's very meat very cool how they do it. People freak out. They're like, "Oh, it's grown in a lab." No, they take a small, a impossible little, a burger, pinchy. No, 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 no. Actual cellular agriculture. They, no, no, they no. I, I I get that too. But I'm also saying like they're starting to really like these food scientists are going nuts on trying to like oh make yeah the yeah, best yeah. veggie burger they possibly can, and it's like getting pretty good, man. Like, and they use oh like Impossible Burger. They use genetically modified yeast. To make their heme to make it taste bloody it's pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah 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 so many cool potentials there so i thought that was a big missed opportunity for for me i'm glad that he brought up nuclear but i'm bummed that he didn't bring up uh genetic See, I'm, engineering I'm kind of on the libertarian front on this of like I, of i'm an american so i'm much... gonna eat what i want so like if i want to eat meat then let it be people like, are always gonna eat meat yeah i mean I, like, I, I, but I, that's it, it, there's no question <laughs> But here's a perfect opportunity to bring in the good old fee and dividend 
because guess what? Per pound of beef, you have an exact carbon equivalent from that because a uh, cow produces methane as its digestive system breaks mm. down the cellulose to be able to feed itself on just grass. So uh, a lot of other animals just do not have the same carbon footprint as cows because they do not produce that methane gas. And, um, you know, so in my opinion, uh, beef should be privy to a fee and dividend as much as extracting uh, fossil fuels should. So I think that is an interesting mm, point. Uh, yeah. I, I feeding practices need to be taken uh, into account because this week in science, this week in science, I found out that uh, there is a species of pink seaweed that they discovered if they mix this pink seaweed, if they, if they dry it out and they mix it into cattle feed at 2% of their diet, they can cut their methane emissions down like entirely just from introducing this uh this seaweed into their into their diet it it's something throughout the digestive process if i find this i'll if i find the article i will link it uh because but yeah at concentrations of like two percent just like a tiny percentage of their feed the challenge is like cultivating it like growing it somewhere like so aqua far, aqua farming it, but yeah, it's, right. So so it must change the biochemistry in some way. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Of, because of the digestive yeah. system. Because, because that's, that's something the, that's yeah. Well, cows were <laughs> cows and ruminants are evolved to basically digest really like sugar, not very sugar rich stuff, and turn it into sugar by basically using bacteria to break those. I think they're called beta linkages between the uh, the the glucose. Uh, uh, molecules that are in a chain because there's like alpha linkages and beta linkages. Alpha linkages are like what you would have in starch, which we can digest. Basically long chains of sugars that can turn into uh, like glucose uh, and glycogen. Um, but then cellulose is like the, it's more for structure and it cannot be broken down, but these bacteria can and they can turn it into usable sugars for the cows i wrote a paper on this in college so that's why hmm. i i know about this about this stuff but it's it's i think we can we can have a coefficient for every source of meat for how much carbon it produces but honest to god if we just stopped eating beef we'd be good because uh, like pork is basically you can feed it garbage <laughs> you know like like you can feed it like your leftovers like we can hmm. recycle our food waste into pigs to eat it and they put on flesh really quickly they don't have that methane problem and i yeah. mean if you Pigs i have a graph i can show you it's <laughs> just you look at beef and it just shoots up in carbon efficient uh, carbon inefficiency so uh, uh yeah. but yeah i i like the idea of a of a fee uh some kind of tax incentive there um but that'll also just incentivize innovation in not only um, you know nutrition and stuff because this pink seaweed thing is a very innovative solution and it's just mm -hmm. a, it's a small thing that you can add to their food to cut the emissions down to nothing from what I was reading, but you know also using gene editing and biotechnology to improve the animals themselves. I mean, like yeah. um, the hornless cattle, I think um, was was one of them. They genetically engineered cattle that didn't need to be dehorned and if you're an animal lover i mean i mean uh, i mean come on hey so science is fucking awesome and uh, we're gonna be doing this a lot on the show but uh 
yeah, we've been going for a while here, so we should probably call it. And um, yeah, but that was a that was a good uh, good wrap. Yeah, no, I like good, that nerd good shit. We I'm all about cool it. Stuff. So yeah, we're we're good, man. But uh, we're well, gonna come. Yep. We're gonna do more uh, nuclear specific stuff, and then of course we're gonna get you on for outrage machine. I'm really looking forward to that. Oh as yeah, well, we're really and looking to and again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for. Uh, for being one of our loyal supporters and was, thanks uh, for sharing your insight man really, no like that's yeah. like really no, thought-provoking it's, shit it's, like it's cool uh, to be able to have somebody that we can just uh be like hey it, uh, let's talk let's talk nuclear power what's this thorium stuff all about? right well and, no because i mean uh, it's yeah. one of those things it's that like me clarifying. as a general stupid person i don't hear about it a lot it's not something that comes up in regular conversation when people think of better energy solutions you know everybody's first thought is like oh well, you could be a yuppie hippie and do you know solar or wind but you know yeah i guess everything's coal now but like so, nuclear yeah. is one of those like it's like the red-headed stepchild that like you know us normal folks out here that are not really scientifically engaged don't hear about a lot and i think it does need to be brought to light that like hey it's not as bad as everybody says it is like we can use this <laughs> Okay, well, the MacBook is uh, hot. Just got to work out, so excuse the fan noise, but that was fun. It was interesting. Good conversation, yeah, as always. most definitely. Could have gone for ever. After we stopped recording, we kept going. It's, uh, what are you doing? Knob goblin stuff. Uh, he's, m- he's messing with knobs, man. Always messing with my knobs. <laughs> well, you uh, know... Shit happens, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, stay tuned for debate coverage. That's going to be fun. We're going to cover the whole thing and probably have a lot more to say about everybody else. It just didn't feel uh, terribly necessary to do that tonight. Um, I guess Warren messed up a little bit from what Phil is saying, so that'll mm. be that'll be interesting. Um, yes, Humanity First Two should hopefully be coming out very soon and if you're listening to the show for the first time welcome uh thank you for listening go back and listen to our episode five it's called humanity first uh one of my personal favorites it was awesome so we chatted with phil who you just heard from and fred ramey who's uh the truck driver who did the ride along with andrew yang uh, in that video that went viral kind of earlier on in his campaign. Great guy. So I had both of them on, and then at the very end of that show, we had a bunch of voicemails from the Yang Gang just uh, calling in, telling us who they were, where they're calling from, why they're calling for Andrew's campaign, what it would mean for them, for like their life, for their community. Uh, and we want more of those. We want like dozens. So if you're yes. in the Yang Gang, please do that. It's it's super easy. It's super cool. It's a Google Voice number. It goes straight to voicemail, so you don't have to, you know, listen uh, to a dial tone for a n- minute. It's and a half. it's not it's not doing about the. We're not going to answer. We don't, it's not answerable. So it just goes straight to a voicemail. You have three minutes. Uh, give us your spiel. Take as take as many as you want. If you want to do multiple takes, if you want to like add, we have string no a bunch of them stitching them together. together. Yeah, like completely open. Uh, and that number, I, I mean, if you're 
in the Yang Gang. It's, I assume you're in the U.S., but apparently he does. He is getting uh, followers around the world, which is kind of trippy. Um, the number is 602-456-2253. And I'm going to look into getting like a 1-800-MindWave thing. <laughs> I think that would be cool. That would be awesome. Uh, that would be easier than this random-ass uh, Google Voice number. But, hey, it works. We can text on it. Uh, we can receive voicemails from you. They will go in the show. We'll add music behind it. It will be very cute and moving and emotional and great. Great stories to share. So, hey, Yang Kang, uh, get in on this Humanity First series with us because uh, it's going to be really, really, really fun. And... We're carrying it yeah. all the way through the election cycle. Yeah. Just so oh, that everybody for sure. knows. Like we're gonna be doing, you know, update after update until the end of this election. And my goal is hopefully mm. to have our last humanity first episode be like during the election. You mean after he wins? Yeah. Our last yeah. humanity first episode. Like his <laughs> his last humanity first episode is going to be his inauguration, and then you know, if he does, if he does get elected, then uh, we're gonna do He's a whole annoyed. series on him that we follow throughout the entirety of his presidency too. Like oh, it's maybe be a whole I, thing. I kind of, I kind of dream of the day when uh, I don't have to care about what the president's doing <laughs> i don't have Which to be worried that he's gonna start world war three on twitter and be like oh yeah no this you is know? what andrew's up to cool yeah, he he's even made that point he's like you should not have to care this much about <laughs> who's in the oval office and wondering you know what they're gonna tweet next that's not normal uh so i'm looking forward <laughs> to just having somebody smart who's gonna be in the job and i i I'm I'm interested to see the results. Like I'm going to be paying attention to the results. I'm not, you know, like a, I'll, I'm not going to read the bills, you know, and get a, a super punditty. This is all provided like a, that, that uh, Russia doesn't fuck with us again. Oh, they they already are. They, you know, fucking bitches. <laughs> he's still going to win. He's going to win by a landslide. If he goes up against Trump, I mean, just game over. Game over, man. Game over. Game Foggy over, beefy. man. Beefy. Fucking See, animal. this is it's this is becoming the beefy show, and it's not okay. <laughs> I'm not you having get him it. a muzzle. He has one, and he tears it off. He does not like it. What a bitch. I know. I know. I got him one because he was fighting with Leia. Well, anyway. So, yeah. Yes. Be looking forward to... Yeah, we should have... There we go. <laughs> Tangent. Um, we'll definitely be looking forward to Humanity First 2. Um, it is going to be... A smash hit. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really a fun thing to, to do. It. But we need to get voicemails, man. Like, yeah, we need those voicemails. That's like we want to do everything, you know, kind of like at least really six at the, the end the of audience. each episode. So we're, we want to collect dozens. So uh, you said everywhere. that our our next installment of that is going to be with Annette, correct? You've given away the game. Yes, Annette, if you're listening, <laughs> if you are listening. Uh, and I hope you are, because you're wonderful. Uh, yes. Yeah, our our humanity first, too. It's, uh, yeah, it's just us, just us three. You, me, and Josh. And we're going we're gonna to yes. sit down and, and, and get into it and kind of take our time with it. And then uh, Mikey's up for number number uh, three. Uh, both people who left voicemails on the first one, uh, some of the coolest ones, and I'm very excited to have them on. 
So uh, we will reach out to you soon and, and, and try to get that scheduling shit uh, figured out and find a good time to sit down. But yeah, it's it's going to happen. Uh, I'm going to go shut my dog up, but this was fun. This was fun. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I guess uh, until next time, guys, um, stay tuned. We got a lot of stuff in the works. You know, between Community First 2 and then eventually 3, we've got Outrage Machine is starting to gear up. We're going to have that going soon. Yep. One and two are gonna drop at the same time. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a big thing for us. So we're really looking forward to outrage as well. That's gonna be a oh my god, I'm gonna murder our cake. We called it cake earlier. <laughs> um, uh, I am also going on another podcast. Uh, we're gonna do a crossover thing, I think. With, uh, so I'll wait to announce that officially. But yes. yeah, we're we're gonna be doing some cr- with some more crossover stuff. Uh, with other podcasts, and I'm looking forward to that too. I'm really excited I, for that. I am gonna go give him the look. Give him the look. The daddy look when I look at him and he goes, Ooh, He's talking about the off. dog, not me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Every time you give me talking that look. about the dog. Jokes. We got jokes. Thanks we for listening, jokes. guys. Uh, we will catch up with you soon. Say goodnight, Beefy. Addendum. I did actually read that article, but I found it on uh, Probably Science, which is another podcast that I love and listen to. Hey, Matt. Hey, Andy. We're not friends yet, but, uh, you know, maybe someday. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Uh, Yeah, Probably Science is very cool. You should go subscribe to that now. (laughs) Anyway, I just had to add that in there because, uh, yeah. Thank you to everyone who is making this show possible. For uh, updates and all our contact stuff, head over to mindwave.media. Follow us on Twitter at Mindwave Podcast for updates. We are on uh, Facebook, and we also have a discussion group there that you can join and be a part of that. Facebook.com slash Mindwave Podcast. If you're going to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave us a rate and or review. It'll help our show be a little bit more visible and it kind of gets us out there so that more people can hear us. Um, you mm-hmm. know, spread the word. Make everybody a part of MindWave. That's what we're here for, right? Yeah. Right. So. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening and uh, we will catch up with you soon.